Uh, kudos to Graham for making that the coolest transition to church service ever. That was good. That was good. I loved it. Um, well, I got, uh, got just a few thoughts to share with you tonight um, from Matthew chapter 7. Um, in Matthew chapter 7, Jesus is talking to a group of people, and uh, there's all kinds of folks in this group. Uh, there are people who have been following Jesus out of curiosity. There have been people who have been following Jesus because they're committed to his message and committed to what he's preaching. Uh, there are people there who are just mad at Jesus and they hate his guts. And so they want to figure out what he's going to say next to kind of try to trap him in his words so that they can ostracize him and kind of write him off as somebody who doesn't know what he's talking about. And uh, then there's, there's people who are just there because folks said, hey, there's this guy named Jesus and he teaches and it's incredible. And they're saying, what? You mean he teaches and you actually want to listen? They said, yeah. You never heard anything like what this guy has to say. And, there, and then they said, and he does miracles too. Like he, he heals the sick. Um, he multiplies. Like he, he took this little boy's lunch. This guy had five loaves of bread and two fish. And he fed 5,000 people with all this food. And so there were some people that just came out to see who this Jesus was. They didn't really know what he was about. And after teaching for quite some time, Jesus comes to this point in his message where he's wanting people to act on what he's been saying. And so he starts to set up these contrasts. The first thing he says is, everybody who hears my words and, and does what I says, those folks are wise people. Everybody who doesn't listen to my words and doesn't obey what I say, th those are foolish people. And so then he goes on to talk about how he wants everybody who hears his words, to listen and take heed. He wants them to go down this narrow path that's harder and it, sometimes it seems lonelier, but this is the path of righteousness. This is the path that God has all of us to walk down. It's the path that God wants us to live by faith in Jesus. And then he says, and here's this other path over here. It's the broad way and it leads to destruction. There's a lot of people who find it and a lot of people are going to go that direction in life. He says, don't, don't go that way. Go the narrow way. Come after me. Follow me. And then another contrast that he sets up is this. He talks about a tree, and it talks about the type of fruit that this tree produces. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15. Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they're ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Grapes are not gathered from thorn bushes, nor figs from thistles, are they? So every good tree bears good fruit, but the bad tree bears, what would you guess? Bad fruit, that's right. And then he goes on to say this, A good tree cannot produce bad fruit, nor can a bad tree produce good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. So then you will know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name cast out demons and in your name perform miracles? And then I will say to them, I never knew you. Depart from me. You who practice lawlessness. 
So Jesus had been teaching for a while at this point. And when he starts to set up these contrasts, he's wanting people to act on what he's been saying. So he's been talking to people about how to live the narrow way, how to follow after the Lord. He's been talking to people about how their sin in their hearts and in their lives. And unless they're real honest with themselves and they come to the point where they ask for forgiveness of their sins and receive it, they're going down the broad way that leads to destruction. So Jesus starts this little talk about trees. A good tree bears what kind of fruit? Good fruit or bad fruit? Good fruit. And a bad tree bears what kind of fruit? Bad fruit. It just it makes sense. I mean, this, Jesus isn't saying anything just amazingly novel here, but yet it's simply profound still. A good tree bears good fruit, and a bad tree bears bad fruit. So I imagine that everybody that was listening to what Jesus was saying would start to think, what kind of tree am I? And they probably would have started to ask themselves, what kind of fruit am I bearing in my life? What kind of fruit is growing? Like if, if Jesus came and picked fruit out of my life, what would he find? Good fruit, bad fruit. And I imagine that as people kept listening to Jesus, the one who was perfect, by the way, never sinned in his entire life, and as they kept listening to Jesus, they would have gone, man, he bears a lot of good fruit. And they probably would have started to look at their lives and they would have gone, eh, I don't, I don't know about this. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I wanted to do a good work here, right? I, I wanted to be nice to my neighbor, but really it was kind of rotten inside. Because I just wanted to be nice to my neighbor so that all my friends would notice how nice I was to my neighbor. So I really didn't want to be nice to my neighbor. I just wanted to do something good and make myself look good. Good fruit or bad fruit? That's bad fruit. Bad fruit. Man, you start to think of this one too. You got somebody over here that, man, they, they wanted to be a good person. I mean, they genuinely wanted to do the right thing. They wanted to be honest. They wanted to take care of those around them. They wanted to love people. But it just seemed like temptations and desires overtook them. And instead of doing what they set out to do, and living a godly life and loving those around them, it seemed like when they made bad decisions that they hurt people. And they knew God wasn't pleased with how they lived. And so even though they started off in the right place wanting to do good and wanting to do the right thing, they ended up failing. It was just kind of decaying on the outside. Kind of like when you pick a corn cob off of the plant. And it's just all moldy and nasty and half the kernels are missing. Good fruit or bad fruit? Bad fruit. Man, this is tough news. And in fact, I think if everybody in that crowd that Jesus was talking to is real honest with themselves, when they looked at their lives and they really examined their hearts, they would have by and large said, man, a lot of bad fruit in my life. And what does Jesus say? Every tree that doesn't bear fruit or every tree that bears bad fruit is going to be cut down and thrown into the fire and burned. I think people would have started to realize that instead of a reward for all their good works, they were going to receive a punishment for the bad fruit that they were bearing in their life. And I think Jesus wanted them to come to that point. As hard as that would have been for all of them to hear, I think he wanted them to understand that they were people who were doing bad things. 
And I think he wanted them to hear this. As hard as it is to hear, bad fruit doesn't come from good trees. Bad fruit comes from what kind of tree? Bad tree. But I don't think Jesus wanted this whole crowd of people to go, I bear bad fruit, I'm a bad tree, there's no hope for me, I'm going to be cut down and thrown into the fires of hell. I think he wanted these people to realize that if they would admit that they had sin in their lives, and if they would just confess that sin to God, God, I know I've done wrong. You know I've done wrong. God, would you forgive me? Would you come in and change me? Here's what's, what's so interesting about Jesus changing somebody's life. One day, every single person will bow down before Jesus. And they will confess that he's Lord. They'll know that he's the one who died for their sins and rose again. But right now, we have the choice of whether or not we're going to choose Jesus before we meet him at judgment or when we meet him at judgment. I think all these people would have had to come to this point of decision. Jesus... I see all this bad fruit in my life. Jesus, if a bad tree produces bad fruit, then there's only one explanation and one conclusion. Jesus, here's bad fruit. Jesus, am I a bad tree? Jesus, they're evil in my heart. Jesus, am, am I a bad person? And here's where I think Jesus would have said, yeah, but I love you anyways. Because Jesus didn't just come to point out the bad and the wicked and the evil. In fact, if we're real honest with ourselves, we know the bad and the wicked and the evil. That's why we try to hide it or lie about it or run away from the Lord. But kind of like that one song we sang just a couple minutes ago. Um, Maybe you guys can remember the lyrics because I'm going to get fuzzy on this one. There's There's no shadow, you won't light up. What's the next part of it? mountain you won't climb up coming after me there's uh there's what there's no there's why we won't kick down lie you won't tear down coming after me here's what i think jesus doesn't want to come to the end of everything and cut you down and cast you into hell jesus wants right now for you to be uprooted and for your life to be transformed he wants to save you He wants to take the bad fruit in your life and do away with it. And then he wants to come in and remove your heart of stone, your cold and hardened heart that's been rebellious towards him and that's even lied to him, that's tried to hide from him and tried to make excuses. And he wants to rip all that wicked, nasty, filthy junk out of your life and he wants to give you a new heart. He wants to put a new spirit within you. He wants to make you a new person that grows up and produces good fruit in the way you live your life. Not just intending to do the right thing, but having a right heart because God's put a new heart within you. Not just doing something that looks good on the outside, but having pure and genuine love as the motive deep within your spirit. A good tree produces what kind of fruit? good fruit. The only way to have a good tree is to plant a good seed, to water that seed as it needs to be nourished so that it can grow into full maturity and produce good fruit. 
The seed that we need to hear is God's word, his message of salvation. And it's simply this, Jesus Christ died on a tree, on a cross. And on that cross, he took the punishment of the sins of the world. All of those bad things we've done, all of the sin that we've committed, all of the bad fruits that have been born in our lives, Jesus bore the punishment when he hung there on the cross. And then he was buried in a tomb, but three days later, he rose again to new life. And everybody who comes to him and confesses that they've done wrong is forgiven of their sin and they are given a new heart and a new life. And when Jesus comes in and transforms your heart and your life, you begin to see the evidence of what he's done. A good tree produces good fruit. All of a sudden, you want to love people out of pure motives. You don't want to just look good in front of others. You genuinely want to love people. And all of a sudden, when you're following Jesus, it's not like you're trying to do all this good stuff in your own strength and power, but the Holy Spirit lives inside of you. And He helps you bear the fruit of the Spirit of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And you can't help but please and honor God in the way that you live your life. So here's my question for you tonight. What kind of fruit is in your life? Good? Bad? And after you answer that question, what kind of tree are you? What kind of person are you? If you haven't yet given your life to Jesus and let him uproot the evil heart that's in you, you can come to him right now. You can say, Jesus, you know the bad things I've done, but you love me anyways. Jesus, you know how wicked at heart I am, but you love me anyways. And Jesus, I want you to save me. I want to give you my old nasty life because you gave your life for me. And I want you to give me a new life right now. If you would, let's bow, your, bow our heads and close our eyes. I'm going to just pray for us. And uh, after I'm done praying, the praise band's going to come back up and lead us in a song. And as they're singing and worshiping the Lord, maybe you're here tonight and you haven't yet given yourself to Jesus. You haven't let Him forgive you and He hasn't given you a new life. Maybe tonight you need to trust Him. Let Him uproot the evil that's in your heart and make you a new creature. Father God, we thank you so much for the way that you love us. We thank you for sending your son Jesus to die on the cross for our sins. God, I pray that as you've spoken to the hearts of people in this room here tonight, that you would allow that seed to take root in their hearts. God, and that as we pray even now that the Holy Spirit would be watering that seed, pointing out to them that they're sinners but that you want to forgive them, that you want to give them a new life. And you want to see them fulfill the purpose for which you created them. That's to bear good, eternal, abundant fruit in the kingdom. God, we thank you for loving us in spite of who we are and in spite of what we do. God, I pray as the band comes and leads us in song, that if there's someone here tonight who needs to step out in faith and trust Jesus as Lord and Savior, that they would do that tonight. It's in the name of your Son, the one who died for us and rose again that we pray.